Hi there, welcome to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence, from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to Neurodivergent Magic. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. Today, we are talking about something that I have some pretty strong opinions about, but I am actually warming up to some of the things I have been dismissive of in the past, uh, and that is cognitive behavioral therapy and neurodivergence. So this was actually a requested topic uh, from somebody I was having a discussion with over on Thread. So if you want to follow me on threads, the link will be in the show notes. Um, And anytime you want to request a podcast topic, please just feel free to message me over on Instagram. Again, the link to my Instagram will be in the show notes. So cognitive behavioral therapy. What is it? Why have I historically not loved it? And why am I maybe warming up to it now? So cognitive behavioral therapy is kind of seen as the gold standard of therapy. And this is mostly because it's one of the only therapy types that has been studied as rigorously as it has. Um, I firmly believe that if we studied dialectical behavioral therapy, aka DBT or EMDR uh, or other forms of therapy, um, they might become the gold standard. But CBT has been studied a lot and a lot of therapists place a lot of faith in it. And um, how it works basically is it takes a look at your cognitions, your thoughts, the cognitive part of it, uh, and how they affect your behavior and vice versa, how your behavior affects your thoughts, and then applies therapy techniques to help change those thoughts and or behaviors. If you've ever heard of cognitive distortions or if you've ever done something like the model, which is like, you know, your circumstance and then your thought and then your feeling and then your action and then your results. Um, If you've ever done anything like that, all of this is based in cognitive behavioral therapy. Let's talk about why I haven't always loved it. (laughs) Uh, First and foremost, I do not believe that cognitive behavioral therapy, at least uh, how it's often practiced, is the most effective way to help someone who is neurodivergent, especially someone with a history of trauma. Because here's how cognitive behavioral therapy typically looks at uh, a problematic or unwanted thought. Uh, that, you know, might come with being traumatized. Uh, Cognitive behavioral therapy is going to say, okay, you're having this thought, the thought is the problem, so let's just change the thought. And it, it will offer new thoughts that you can think, it will help you see why the thought is flawed, basically a lot of intellectual work. So I think cognitive behavioral therapy, especially at first, really, really uh, intrigues a lot of traumatized folks because it's just another way we can avoid actually dealing with our trauma. And part of us knows that because we know that thinking about our thoughts is not going to change them. Our thoughts are not, um, they are not flawed or wrong or 
anything like that because of a brain chemistry difference, which can happen. And I do think cognitive behavioral therapy can be really effective for people who have like generalized anxiety disorder where their thoughts are not based in experiences they've had in the past, but they are rather based in a misfiring in the brain. Um, in that case, I do think cognitive behavioral therapy has been shown to be pretty effective. And I've talked to people with generalized anxiety disorder with either without trauma or with different treatment options for their trauma. And they have found CBT to be very helpful for their generalized anxiety. However, when you are traumatized, the thoughts that you're having, especially the core beliefs, those are really intense, um, like worldview things, uh, they do not come from a misfiring in the brain. They are not a cognitive distortion. They are a reasonable and logical conclusion that you have drawn based on your experiences. And that requires a whole different approach to help heal. So let me give you kind of a personal example. <laughs> um, let's say I'm in therapy and I'm talking to my therapist about how I feel like if I set even the smallest boundary with the people I love, they will leave me, they will hate me, they will mock me, they will laugh at me, uh, they won't want anything to do with me. A cognitive behavioral therapist who is not trauma-informed uh, would probably say, okay, that's catastrophizing. That's a cognitive distortion. You're taking a relatively simple situation and you're blowing it way out of proportion. And there's no way that's going to happen. A trauma-informed therapist, however, is going to look at that and say, when were you abandoned, either physically or emotionally, when you tried to set a boundary in the past? And that's when the floodgates would open for me and I would be like, oh my gosh, this happened and it was horrible and I'm so afraid it's going to happen again. You know, like... Trauma is based in experience, and therefore we can't just think our way out of that. And that is what CBT often tries to have us do. So that is one of my big bones to pick with CBT, but we're not done. There's actually another issue uh, that specifically affects neurodivergent people who deal with something called alexithymia. So if you don't know, alexithymia is basically when you have trouble identifying your feelings. Um, and this can present quite a problem for someone who's in cognitive behavioral therapy, because a huge part of this therapy is identifying your thoughts, identifying your feelings, and identifying your behaviors. A lot of neurodivergent folks struggle to identify our feelings due to alexithymia, and we may often struggle to identify our behaviors as well due to executive dysfunction issues where we have trouble with self-monitoring. We have trouble observing our own behavior. So how in the world then are we supposed to do this type of therapy when the therapist says, okay, how does that make you feel? And we say, I don't know. <laughs> like, I have no idea. I think a lot of therapists think we're being difficult or we're reluctant to share. Um, but the truth is, for many neurodivergent people, we genuinely do not know how we feel. And that makes it really hard to engage in this type of therapy. 
So there's a couple of ways that a more neurodivergent-friendly approach to therapy could handle this. So the first is doing some emotional um, education in therapy where you have like, have you guys seen the feelings wheel? We'll put it in the show notes. It's very helpful. But basically you start in the middle with some really broad feelings categories. So it's like, do I feel generally good or generally bad? And you start there. And as you branch out, it gets more and more specific and you can slowly figure out how you're feeling. So I think one neurodivergent friendly approach to helping an alexithymic patient or client is just learning to identify emotions with the help of tools like the feeling wheel. Um, another approach might be to kind of say, okay, maybe your feelings, obviously your feelings matter and they're important. Um, and we should, you know, dig around and figure out what, what's going on there. But right now let's focus on what's helping you and what's not. So a neurodivergent friendly approach might be something instead of saying, how are you feeling and how is that feeling affecting you? A neurodivergent friendly therapist might, who is aware of your alexithymia might ask something more along the lines of what is negatively impacting your life and what helps lessen that negative impact and how can we do more of that? You know what I mean? Um, so that's more of a practical approach, uh, that might, might be helpful in therapy for neurodivergent folks. Hello there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I just wanted to interrupt this episode really quick to tell you all about the Neurodivergent Magic program. This is a program designed to help you cope with executive dysfunction, which is something that almost every neurodivergent person experiences. If you don't know, executive dysfunction is a lot of things, but basically it boils down to you want to do the thing, you are trying to do the thing, and you just can't, and you feel awful. What this program, the Neurodivergent Magic Program, does is it helps you cope with executive dysfunction through a combination of practical and emotional tools. We'll cover body doubling and building momentum, but we'll also talk about the shame that is often deeply rooted in a lot of neurodivergent people because we grew up in a neurotypical society that wasn't accepting of us. And if you're thinking, what in the world does shame have to do with executive dysfunction? Um, kind of everything. And I would love to teach you about it. So this is a program where the whole goal is to teach you to get shit done in 24 hours or less. So if you are really struggling with your ability to accomplish tasks and to feel good about it, that is what this program is designed to help you with. And I can't wait to see you there. Check out the show notes for the link to join or send me an email at megan at neurodivergentmagic.com. And the final reason that I don't love CBT is because it makes the therapist the expert on your experiences. And you are supposed to defer to them because they are the objective outsider who can tell if your emotions are distortions or not. And to me, this is deeply disempowering, not just for neurodivergent or traumatized clients, but for everyone. And this is why I have a problem with CBT in general. Obviously, if it helps you, great. That's thrilling. Uh, and not thrilling. Sorry, that sounded really sarcastic and rude. Um, I'm glad. And honestly, we're going to get into this in a minute. I've been working with a CBT therapist recently, and it has been helpful. So I might have to eat some of my words here. But I, I do believe that when you make anyone outside of yourself, the arbiter of your reality, you're putting yourself in a very dangerous position. 
And for many of us, this comes very naturally because maybe you grew up with very authoritarian parenting where your parents were the um, authority on your reality. And once you left home, you kind of have always been searching for someone to pick up that role again. And your therapist is just the new person in charge of your reality. And they'll tell you what is and isn't realistic, what is and isn't um, helpful, all this stuff, they will be in charge of your reality for you. And I think at the end of the day, this is really disempowering and dangerous, honestly, because if you have not a super helpful therapist or not a very trauma-informed or neurodivergent-informed therapist, they can do a lot of harm. Um, there's a lot of people who talk about how CBT felt like professional gaslighting to them, where it was like, I would bring something that I thought was a legitimate concern to therapy. And they would tell me, uh, oh, this is a cognitive distortion. You just have to think a better thought. And that feels really bad for a lot of us. Okay. Okay. So I've beat up on CBT enough. Now, why do I have to eat some of my words? Well, <laughs> I found this therapist on psychology today. And her description of what she did and who she worked with was actually specific. You know, so often you get on psychology today and everybody's like, I'm an expert in everything and I do every type of therapy and I work with everyone. And it's like, okay, but what what do you actually know the most about? Like, let's just be honest here. Um, and this particular therapist mentioned several key issues that I know I deal with in her description. So I was like, perfect. So I reached out. And in our first session, she's like, I primarily do cognitive behavioral therapy. I think it works wonders. I love it. Um, I am a CBT therapist. You know, that is what she does. Oh, and it made me so nervous. <laughs> I was like, okay. And she was like, okay, tell me what's going on here. And I'm like, well, I've done CBT in the past and I've reflected a lot on how CBT has affected me. And I haven't always loved it. Uh, I haven't always found it very effective. I haven't always felt it was very supportive. Um, I have a lot of issues with CBT, if I'm being honest. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to be honest with you. CBT is what I do. So do we want to keep working together? <laughs> and I was like, well, you also do EMDR, right? And she said, yes. And I was like, so you're very trauma informed. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, let's give this a shot. And we have. And yeah, there are definitely aspects of her approach that aren't my favorite, but I think I'm in a place in my therapy journey where I'm able to just sort of set those aside. I can kind of compartmentalize a little bit where it's like, oh, okay. She used the term high functioning autism. That's not great. We're just going to set that aside right now. Um, and not worry about it that much. Um, I guess I could confront her about it. Honestly, that would probably be healthy for me. Um, but you know, I'm able to navigate therapy because I've been in therapy for so long. It's okay for us not to agree on every tiny thing. And I actually think it's probably really good for me to work with a therapist with whom I don't agree on every little tiny thing because First of all, I just don't know that that's possible, like <laughs> that I'm going to find a therapist who agrees with me on everything that I think about mental health. Um, but second of all, 
I deal with a lot of black and white thinking and I tend to think, okay, they disagree with me on this. Therefore we disagree on everything and we should not work together. (laughs) You know, like I, I tend to go to those extremes and I think it's actually been pretty helpful to continue working with her despite the fact that we disagree on a couple of things here and there. And specifically, when it comes to cognitive behavioral therapy, I hate to admit it, but I have actually found a lot of her CBT-based exercises really helpful. And when I brought up schema therapy, uh, because I have – so schemas are kind of like core beliefs, major stories that you tell yourself about yourself, your loved ones, and the world around you and how it works. And schema therapy is all about sort of uh, adjusting those schemas so that they're less maladaptive and more helpful. And I mentioned schema therapy to her because it sounded like we were doing something that was a little bit like schema therapy. And she's like, yes, absolutely. Schema therapy is a whole branch of CBT. And I was like, that is? Because to me... Everything I've researched about schema therapy is like it's way more helpful than CBT and totally different. So here's the gist. Basically, I think my therapist does a very, very trauma-informed version of CBT. I think she is acutely aware of how these stories form and how we get to our quote-unquote, cognitive distortions. Whereas a lot of CBT therapists are like, oh, it's a cognitive distortion, let's just fix it. My therapist is much more like, oh, it's a cognitive distortion, let's find out where that came from so that we can rewrite it more effectively. And that, to me, is actually useful CBT. Um, (laughs) And I don't know if this is what CBT is supposed to be like, and a lot of other practitioners I've had have just been bad at it, or if those other practitioners were practicing strict CBT and my current therapist is practicing a very loosey-goosey, trauma-informed version of CBT. I I honestly don't know. Um, All I know is that this is helping me pretty profoundly, and uh, I have learned that if something helps you stick with it. So CBT, not my favorite modality, but turns out it can be very helpful. So we're rolling with it. (laughs) Um, If you are neurodivergent, uh, including if you are traumatized um, or dealing with trauma or a trauma-based disorder, um, I encourage you to be wary of cognitive behavioral therapy because I I do believe that a lot of practitioners out there are not like my current therapist. They're not very trauma-informed. Um, but I also am not going to advise against it the way I used to. So there's that. Um, again, I think if something helps you, stick to it. And if it doesn't, look for something more effective. Um, I think that's really all I've got for you about CBT and neurodivergence. I hope this was helpful and I will talk to you next Saturday. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode.